Welcome to Passion Life Church. Welcome to part two of a series that we've entitled Story Tellers. And this series is really about how God wants to write on the pages of humanity. He always has. And this series is really about letting you know that God in all of our stories, he wants to he wants to be the author of our lives. God wants to write a new chapter in our lives. We say, Pastor Phil, things are good. Yeah, but you don't know God because God can always outdo himself in your life. The problem is we get stuck. The problem is we get mediocre. The problem is we get satisfied with our own lives. And yet God wants to do so much more in our life. There is more, ladies and gentlemen. I said there is more when it comes to God. There's more that he wants to do, and he wants his story to be our story. See, a lot of the things that you've gone through, there's meaning to that stuff. But here's what he does. He will take your past, your history, but he can use that for his glory. And now it's not just history. Now your life, what you went through, becomes his story. My history is not just my past. My history is his story working through me. And God can use that story and he can use my life to help somebody else. And I got to tell you that your story really began when God intervened in your life. He wants to intervene. He wants to take the pen. And let me just say, God is a best-selling author. He wrote one book that is a bestseller every year, my church family. Imagine what he can do in your life. And people need to hear that. People need to hear this message that God can write a new chapter. Let's look at our theme verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Romans chapter 10, verse 14, and it says this, But how will people call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a messenger? The Amplified Bible says. Do you ever notice that when you find a new product in your life, you find something new? that's happening in your life, you love to share it. Especially when it comes to maybe like a new restaurant, you realize, I hear people talking about new restaurant. Oh, let's go get some Chinese food. Oh, and this here, I found some good Chinese food. Like there's bad Chinese food, but hey, I found some good Chinese. I found a new Chinese buffet. It's right over here on Madison. It's called Chow Sum. Get it? Chow Sum. I don't know if I could chow some at a buffet. I want to chow a lot, but that's the name of the restaurant. I've only been there once, but I just thought that was funny because I looked up there and they got in all this Chinese writing. I went, wow, what is that? It says chow some. Chow some. Oh, but you know what? We'll talk about it. When we find a new restaurant, we'll tell three or four people. You know, because we like to talk about the things that we're interested in and, have, and the things that have in, impacted our life. We'll go on vacation. We'll come back from vacation. We'll tell six people about our vacation. They didn't even want to hear about our vacation, but we will tell them about our vacation. We will post pictures on Facebook of our little feet, right, out in the sun and our legs. Hey, I am on vacation. Nobody wants to see your feet. But you know what? You don't care. You're going to post them. Come on, somebody. You're going to post. I, I look, I, I'm on Facebook. I'm like, why would they think, oh, it's because I have my feet up. You know what? I don't care. I do not want to see how pretty your toes are. 
But people, we don't care. We're having fun. We love it. Or maybe you find a new app on your phone that you love, that you can use. And you know what? We will share that with people. Maybe we'll find a new uh, type of 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 social media platform. You know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on uh, Instagram, but people will come up and say, you're not on Snapchat? Excuse, you are not on Snap, why? Snapchat means so much to them, but there's always a new social media platform like every six weeks. Listen, I have to draw the line somewhere, okay? I'm doing Facebook. Listen, it was a big, big switch for me to go to MySpace from MySpace to Facebook, okay? That was tough because I was really excited about MySpace, but now I'm in Facebook and Instagram and I have drawn the line, people. But the Snapchat people, man, they're, oh, you got to be on Snapchat. You know why? Because they're excited. There's a product that they love. But you know what I have found? We're like this about every aspect of our lives except the gospel. Snapchat didn't change one person's life, but this did. How many of you would say that this has changed your life? The gospel has changed your life. And you know what? I think that it's important. And I'm just going to be honest with you, Passion Life Church. I'm just concerned that people outside of the church are not hearing this message anymore. And it's like we're relying on Christian TV and Christian radio and pastors. And I love all those things. But it's like we're relying on those things to preach the gospel. And yet we are the ones that are the storytellers. Well, Pastor Phil, just come to my job. I ain't coming to your job. God has blessed your job with you. You have a testimony, and we need to have storytellers again. We need people that are willing to share their stories. I was reading a article in Forbes magazine. It's just a, 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 a secular magazine. Many of you know it. And in this article, it was talking about how important stories are. And it, it was talking about how important it is that we share our stories. And listen to this quote. It says, stories spark interest, which is helpful. But if they are left alone, they decay and eventually disappear altogether. You know, this week, You may say, man, that's kind of a dumb theme, storytellers. Pastor Phil, that doesn't sound powerful. You know what, this week, I started to recount in my life how many things that I had forgotten that God had done. I wonder how many times, maybe in a week, that you bring back to your own remembrance the things that God has done for you. Why I say that? See, because if we don't remember them, this very quote says, you know what happens? They just begin to disappear in our life. It's like we just forget. But telling the story reminds us of the things that God has done in our life. And you know what? I have people asking me, and I see it. They say, well, Pastor Phil, you know, across America, why just aren't more people getting saved? Why aren't more people believing? You know why? Because the church is not telling the story. The church needs to tell the story again. And why aren't people getting saved? Well, the follow-up question is, is how are they hearing the message? How are they hearing that message? And what we've been doing in this series is we've been looking at the early church. 
And in the early church, my church family, they didn't have any social media. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have the internet or TV. But you know what they did? They turned the world upside down by simply telling what Jesus had done for them. And they did it. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4 is we're going to spend some time. We're looking at the, the early church and In Acts chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But many who heard the message, what did they do? They believed. And many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000 people. Now let's analyze this here for just a moment. How were they able to believe? Someone shared something with them so they could believe. They had to have something said so people could hear. They, 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 they had to hear what was said. Doesn't the Bible say that for us, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? And how are people gonna hear? And so this in the early church was talking about releasing some storytellers. And here's what I wanna do today. Today I wanna share with you what I call three needs of a storyteller. And today we have a real life story from somebody in our congregation that uh, is gonna share. It's just an awesome opportunity and an incredible miracle. But let me share with you today the three needs of a storyteller. Number one, storytellers need to share when Christ entered their life. We need to share that. We need to share that. People, I hear all the time, Pastor Phil, I don't have anything to share. I mean, I I really don't. I don't have anything to share. What What do you mean you don't have anything to share? The fact that you are in this room today, the fact that you are alive today means that you have overcome some stuff in your life. Is there anybody that has overcome some stuff? Come on, even if you overcame a sinus infection, you overcame something. You're alive today. You're alive. You overcame something. And the very fact that you're alive today, if I could just spend a minute with you, ask you some questions, I could find out what your story is. You have a story. And you know what? Your story matters more than you know. You know your story matters to God? Do you know that your story matters to our church and our church family? It matters. And here's the biggest one for me. Do you know that your story matters to people who don't know God yet? Your story matters. And let let me just give you a little info, a little infomercial. We're having a life group. Life groups have started. We have a new life group. It's called Storytellers. And each life group, we have people that are telling their story. I want you to come and just hear, eat some food, and it's going to encourage your faith. But your story matters to people who, who don't even know God yet. And see, I'm talking about, listen, I'm talking about sharing what God did for you. I'm not talking about trying to win an argument with people. See, today, and I think when we talk about witnessing, people think that we're talking about beating somebody over the head with the Bible. That's not what I'm saying today. I'm just saying that there is power in this gospel, and this gospel has changed your life, and you have a story. And this is not about an argument. This is about simply sharing what Jesus did for you. Can I just tell you, it's hard to argue with a changed life. 
It's hard to, we can present facts, and I'm going to talk about this next week, but you know what? Facts really don't appeal to people, but you know what stories do? You know why? Because stories appeal to people's senses, and stories actually go beyond logic. And if we can tell our story and we say what God did for us, you can argue all day, but I'm a changed life. You can talk about facts if you want, but I'm going to tell you the miracle that God did. And here I am. Hello. God did it. So we can split hairs. We can talk about all these things. But listen, I'm talking about sharing what God did for you. Now, I've heard people tell their story. And their story, they talk about what they did all the time. In their story, they talk about how they were this and they were that. And listen, I'm not talking about just telling people what you did. I'm talking about sharing the part where Jesus impacted your life. When Jesus came into your life. Not about what you did, but about what he did in your life. You know, in Acts chapter 4 verse 13 if you jump down to verse 13 it talks about Peter and John they were part of the early church they were disciples of Jesus they were turning the world upside down and look at what it says the crowd is responding to them and they're telling their story and the Bible says in verse 13 when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That was what was different, is that they had been with Jesus. In other words, people looked at them and say, they they really shouldn't be talking about this. They're ordinary men. You know what? Ordinary men with an extraordinary God. Ordinary men with an extraordinary story. And all of us are ordinary. These people weren't aliens in the first church. They weren't angels. They were ordinary people. And the crowd looked at them and said, wow, they're ordinary. But there's something extraordinary about them. And I, I just got to say, that's the, ingre- that's the needed ingredient in our story is when we had the encounter with Jesus. How many of you have had an encounter with Jesus at some point in your life? Come on, raise your hand. You've had an encounter with Jesus. Listen, it's not just about sharing your struggles. It's not just about sharing your pain. It's about sharing when Christ intervened in your life. I love this quote. It says, your story is not what you did, but how Jesus impacted your life in what you did. See, your story is not just about mere survival. You know, I said this last week, and I could really just build this whole series on this next verse. It's one of my favorites. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, talks to us about the importance of our testimony. In Revelation, it says this, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, and listen to this, and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death. How did they overcome? By the blood of the lamb. Was that just it? Was it just the blood of the lamb? And the word of their testimony. Now, can we just break this down for a minute? You and I have no testimony if the blood was never shed. 
If the blood was never shed, there would be no remission of sins. And all your story would be is about what you did. But thank God he sent a spotless lamb by the name of Jesus who came and died on the cross for you. And he shed his blood. When his blood was shed, we have remission of sins. Because that lamb, the blood of the lamb was shed, we have healing. Do you know there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 9? Listen to this. Maybe this will bless some of you. Some of us that struggle with our conscience. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 that the blood of Jesus cleanses your conscience of dead works. The blood of Jesus cleanses your conscience. Well, Pastor Phil, I just can't get over my past. Well, you know what? The blood of Jesus can cleanse your conscience of your past. It's the blood of Jesus. But I want to remind us, we don't have a testimony unless the blood was shed. And because the blood was shed, you and I can overcome, not just survive. This didn't say they all survived. Is that what it says? No, it says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. My church family, because Jesus shed his blood, you have a word to stand on. You have a word to stand on. Today, what I came to do is remind you of your testimony and to remind you of the word of your testimony. Because see, here's the reality. You were going through struggles. You all, we all had pain. We all had mistakes. But somewhere in your life came a word. Came a word. Whether you were listening to K-Love and you heard a song in you heard a word. Maybe you're watching the 700 Club. Maybe you're watching TBN. But I can, I can assure you, somewhere in your life, maybe it was a preacher, pastor, mother, grandmother, somebody told you a word. That word came into your life, and you know what you did? You had faith in the word. Now, I want you to hear this. You actually, at some point in your life, stood on this word, even if it was for salvation, even if it just was somebody told you, hey, God can save you. Faith arose in your heart, and you said, I want to be saved. And you know what? You stood on this word. When you stood on this word is when you overcame. Can you hear it? Can I hear a good amen? This morning. So here's the reality of your story. Your story is just not, well, I have a testimony to tell. No, your story is about standing on a word that is immovable, unshakable, and unwavering. That's the word that you stood on. That's what your testimony is about. And so your, your testimony is about standing on a word. And your story is so important because a storyteller is about sharing the word of their testimony. Can you put that scripture back up? They overcame by the word of their testimony. Can I ask you a question? What is the word that you have for your life? Do you have a word? Pastor Phil, I'm battling sickness. What is the word that you have for the sickness? We're battling finances, Pastor. What is the word? Because, see, the Bible says that I'm going to overcome by the word 
The blood was shed so I could have a word. If I'll stand on this word, I won't just survive. I will truly overcome in Jesus' name. The Bible says that Jesus overcame. He didn't just survive the world. He overcame the world. The Bible says that Jesus came to destroy, obliterate the works of the devil. And we don't serve a God that just barely crawled out of the grave on Easter. Guys, I made it. No, he thrived. He overcame death, hell, in the grave. I know it's not Easter, but we could sure shout like it is because he's risen from the grave. And so we overcome by the word, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And here's what I love. Here's, here's what today is all about. Because you overcame in an area of, of your life, guess what? Your story is proof that you overcame the devil's deception. Somebody told you there wasn't a God, but you had a word that you could be saved. And when you stood on that word, when people say, well, you know what? There's not a God. You can say, well, hmm, he's, I've experienced him. See, because your story gives proof that the enemy is a liar. Because when we stand on his word, we stand on his truth. And so when we stand on his word, what we do, what are we doing? We're exposing the lie. What? The lie. People, you hear, things never change. Guess what? My story proves different because God changed me. We can argue all day, but can I just say that very thought, you're buying into a lie that things never change, but my story is evidence and proof that God not only changes things, he changes people. See, your story is proof. I can tell you a story. I was addicted to nicotine until I was 18 years old, could not, could not break the smoking addiction. You know what? Nicotine is one of the most addictive drugs that people don't understand. And I could not break it on myself. I, I just tried. I tried everything. But then I got in prayer and said, God, I need your help. Um, I'm, I'm controlled by a substance. And you know what? Only God could set me free of smoking. And so when people look at me and say, Pastor Phil, God, I just, you know, he just hasn't delivered me. I don't think he can deliver me. My story is proof that there is a truth that God can set people free. Why? Because he set me free. He set you free. See, your story when you tell it is proof that miracles still happen. When people say, ah, you know what, all that stuff, you know, you just guys are, you're just into blind faith. It's just all blind faith. Miracles don't happen. Hello, I'm a walking miracle. Can I share my story? See, we can argue all day, and you can tell me, but in reality, I've experienced it. And so your story, I want you to hear this, your story does damage to the kingdom of darkness. That's why it's so important that we share what the impact that God did on your life. My church family, can I just be honest with you? For me, when I share my story, every time I share my story, it's payback to the enemy. I want to let him know, yes, and you, I want to make you regret that you ever mess with me. And I'm going to tell this story of the gospel, the good news, how, you know what, you meant a lot of things for evil, but you know what, God turned it all around for good in my life. What you talking about, Willis? We can argue all day, but you know what? That's why the enemy wants you silent. Just don't talk about Jesus. Can I tell you why they don't want us to talk about Jesus? Because there's power in that name. 
And you know what? We can pray to God, and I hear people pray to God. Oh, but right when you say Jesus, it's when people start to shake. You know why? Because there's power in that name. And the enemy wants you to keep your story silent. You know why? Because it does damage to the kingdom of darkness. And every time you share the word of your testimony, not only are you doing damage to the kingdom of darkness, but you are actually helping somebody else overcome. You know, this is the way I just look at my life. Don't tell me I can't do something. Now listen, this is what people told me. We moved to Marietta. I had two people tell me this, that I met here, friends. You cannot start a church in Marietta. It just won't work. This is the hardest area to start a church in. Do you know how many churches are in this area? Uh, nope. But there's a lot. So this is my thinking, my sense of humor. Do you know how many people do not go to church? Do you know how many people still in Marietta and Temecula, there's probably about 17% of all of the community that goes to church. That tells me that there is what 83% of people that still need to be reached for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's how I look at it. You know what? If Calvary Marietta over there can build a church of thousands, why can't we? If Center Point over here can have church and build a church in the community, they are proof that what you're saying is wrong. There somebody has done it. And if somebody has done it, that means that it can be done in Jesus' name. If I've overcome, you can overcome. If I can succeed, you can succeed. Why? Because it's the word and God is no respecter of people. That's why the enemy wants us to just be quiet. Just shut up. Don't say it because this word will make you overcome if you believe it. Come on, let's give him a great round of applause. Would you do that? We need to share it. We need to share it. You need to tell people when Christ entered your life. Listen, and you don't have to give them the 30-minute remix version. I was thinking about this today, and I'm going to give you some homework. This is the first time in three years that I've ever given the congregation homework, but I'm going to give you homework. Can you tell what God did for you in two minutes? Not the 30 minutes. Oh, brother, I need 30 minutes. No, you don't have 30 minutes. You have a minute and a half. Can you take what God did for you and share that? When you start thinking about it and the highlight points, because sometimes my church, that's all you have with people. You just have a minute. And you can't start, well, I was born in a hospital. You can't do that. I was naked. You can't do that. But can you take, see, I know that when I talk with somebody who's dealing with an addiction, I know what to say regarding my cigarette addiction. When people, I, I have a, I just can say it. And see, we don't think this way because, again, we just don't share our story. But I'm just telling you, this week, and you know what's going to happen when you start thinking this way? You're going to start reminding yourself of all the blessings that God has done. Oh, remember when we didn't have finances and God provided? Remember when I was sick and I couldn't get out of bed and God healed me? Whew! Oh, man, you know what? You start getting pumped up about telling your story. So number one, storytellers need to share when Christ entered their story. Number two, here's the second need of a storyteller. Are you glad that you came to church this morning? People need to hear how Christ impacted your life. Here's the second need of a storyteller. Number two, storytellers need boldness to tell their story. Boldness. Peter and John, if you look at verse 29... 
They had seen miracles, miracles. People, they saw a guy who hadn't walked in like 40 years get up and start walking. I'm gonna talk a little bit about this next week. They, bring, they arrest them. The religious people, the religious of, of, of their day, arrest Peter and John because they don't want the name of Jesus to be said. And my church family, Peter and John had been arrested for doing miracles. And guess what happens? They are let go because the evidence was there was a guy who had never walked and he's walking. So all of the controversy, they look at the man, they say, well, it's a miracle. We cannot deny this. We can't deny this. And you know what? After them being arrested, and I love these guys, they walk out of the police station. And you know what they do? They begin to pray for more boldness. They begin to pray. Look at verse 33. I mean, I'm sorry, look at verse 29. It says, now, Lord, this is them, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Verse 30, stretch out your hand, heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Listen to this. And they were all filled. How many were filled? Oh, well, the Holy Spirit is just for a certain group of people. Is that what the word all means? Because that's what I've been taught. It's only for a select. Well, my Bible says all. My Spanish Bible says todo. Todo. That means everybody. Everyone. And it says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen. And what were the results? They spoke the word boldly boldly now I'm I'm just going to say something to you one of the things that I have realized for me I can tell people about a new restaurant I can tell people what football team I love all those things but none of that is going to impact their soul and you have a pastor today I believe in heaven and I believe in hell and there are people who will go there if they don't hear the message. And I live with that every day. And here we are thinking about us all the time. Listen, here's a thought, maybe it'll help you. This is not about you anymore. There are people who will go to hell if we do not tell them. And here we are wondering, well, I'm so insecure. I don't know, are they gonna see me sweating? You know what? This isn't about, somebody asked me, how do you get up there in front of everybody and talk like that? One simple truth. I don't think about me when I'm up here. I think about you. Because if I start thinking about me, is my zipper open? Am I sweating? Is my, how's my hair? Man, I would go crazy. I'd just sit down and go, I ain't going to talk to anybody. But you know what? I don't think about me anymore. I think about how God's going to use me to serve you. Because today I'm a servant. Today, that's what a minister is. I'm here to serve you. And you know what? I'm just the package. And so I hope you like the package. Come on, somebody. I hope you like how God has made me. But you know what? In, in essence, it doesn't matter. Because it's not really about this. It's all about this. And I have a story to tell of the miracles of God. And so all this I'm telling you is you're never going to tell your story when you think it's all 
all about you. The boldness comes when the Holy Spirit comes inside your life and the result was they begin to speak the word with boldness. And I pray, I'm praying that this week and next week that God will give you opportunities to share your story. I'm praying that God will give you divine appointments to take your eyes off yourself to help somebody else so that when you get to heaven, there's people there with you. That's what this is about, reaching people. Now, I want you to understand something. It's important. These disciples were with Jesus for three years. Jesus had impacted their life. Yet, Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. Because when he was in the earth, he could only be at one place and one time. Why? He was in the flesh. And then he sent his Holy Spirit. Now, this is important. Because when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what he does in our lives, my church family, if the disciples needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit for boldness and they hung out face to face with Jesus, you and I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus said, I know you hung out with me. I impacted your life. But here's what the Holy Spirit will do. He will come on the inside of you and he will give you boldness, boldness. Sometimes I find myself in conversations with people, encouraging people, sharing my story, being vulnerable with people. And I know that absolutely it is the Holy Spirit sharing but see we can be so us focused that we're not holy spirit focused in our life and this is what gives meaning to everything you've gone through see again it's not just about what i went through it's about taking what i went through and said i went through this but god but god intervene but god and god will take those things and what he'll do is he'll use it for his good now let's just talk for just a minute Because people ask me, well, Pastor Phil, I'm saved. So does that mean I have the Holy Spirit? Yes, you do. So here's what happens. The Bible says that none of us can come to Christ unless the Father draws him. And this is what's amazing. Somewhere in your life, because you have said yes to Jesus, the Father sought you out and was drawing you to himself. How does he do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. God was drawing you. And this is why prayer is so important. And we get into the Lord's Prayer and, and some things like that. You, I, pray for people. Pray for your coworkers that God will show them that God and the Holy Spirit begins to work. And I always pray, Lord, show them in a way that they can understand who you are. I can share my story, but Lord, only you can bring the harvest. But I want to get back to this point. The point is, is that the Holy Spirit starts an inner work in your life. And he draws you. You receive Jesus. But in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says you will receive a dunamis-like power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So the Holy Spirit works twofold. It's inner and it's outer. It's inner and it's outer. So at salvation, you have the inner work. But Jesus said, I want you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when that comes power comes to speak boldly the name of Jesus, to speak boldly the word of God. I love to tell people this way. When you get saved, God gives you a car. When you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he puts gas in the car. I think it's so amazing is that God always gives us what we need to do what he asks us to do. 
And I'm talking about an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And today, as we dismiss, we're going to have prayer partners right over there. And if you want the baptism, of, just say, hey, pray for me for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, man. I mean, you got this far. Why not jump in a little bit more? Why not get that boldness? And, and if maybe today's not the day for you, through the growth track. Man, come and listen. They're going to explain to you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I cannot imagine my life without it. But it's the second need of a storyteller is that storytellers need the boldness to tell their story. And here's the last one for today. The third need of a storyteller is that storytellers need power to follow their story. Look, jump down to verse 33, our last scripture today. It says, with great power, with great power. How many of you love seeing the power of God in action? Listen, with, I've never seen the great power of God. Yeah, he saved you. He saved you. That's power. With great power, the apostles continued. What did they do? They continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And listen to this. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy among them for from time to time those who owned land or horses sold them brought the money uh, from the sales and put them at the apostles feet and it was uh, distributed to anyone in need I want you to hear this because this is going to help you a couple of things number one you are graced to share your story I cannot share your story for you. It's your story. And there's a grace on your life to share what you've been through. There's a grace on your life. It says, and God's grace was that powerfully worked in them. Powerfully worked in there. Your grace to tell your story because it's your story. You have to see yourself as a messenger. You're God's UPS guy, FedEx, Amazon Prime, whatever you want to call it. And this is what I am on the messenger. I'm here to give you the word of God. I'm here to tell my story. Now, listen to this. How my friends, how my coworkers respond to my story is not my responsibility. My responsibility is to share my story. It's God's responsibility to bring the power to follow through with that story. I've never met a UPS guy that has dropped off a package at my apartment. This is what they do in my apartment. I don't know what they do. Just, and they run. They don't want to talk to me. One guy doesn't because every time he comes, I try to always give him a bottle of water. You know, hey, man, can you get a bottle of water? Like, yeah, give me a bottle of water. So he'll stay around, right? But, and they're gone. I've never had a UPS guy follow up with me and go, hey, two days ago I left a package at your house. Uh, how, how, did you enjoy it? I've never had a UPS guy break into my house. How many of you know if he broke into my house to bring me a package, there would be some problems. But I say that because some of us have this idea when we talk about sharing our testimony or when we talk about storytellers that we're trying to ram this down somebody's throat. That when we talk about storytellers that... It's our job to point out people's sin. And you, and you, listen, you are not Judge Judy. That's not what we're talking about. This is why sometimes we don't share our story. Because we think it's God. Listen, the goodness of God leads people to repentance. When you share how good God has been to you, people say, this is what they say. I want that. I don't want what I had. I don't want to be who I was. I want 
what you're talking about. And so my obligation is to share the story and then the power that is needed to follow up the story is God's responsibility. See, power will never flow from a story that is never told. Power will never follow a story that is never told. We got to tell the story. What you're about to see is a video of um, some people in our church, John and Vanessa, who have an incredible testimony. And I just want you to watch this today and may it just stir your hearts. And this is John and Vanessa's story. Hi, I am John Esslinger. Hi, I'm Vanessa Esslinger. And, and this, this is, is our, our story. story. Vanessa and I met. Um, a, she was my next door neighbor's sister. And uh, we really didn't even like each other at first. No. In no. fact, um, I wasn't until about three years later that um, after I had joined the Navy, I was in the process of waiting to go to boot camp. And I asked her out on a date. And, uh, a very casual date. <laughs> he said, I'm bored. There's nothing really between us, and I figured we can go hang out. <laughs> and so <laughs> then we went on a date. And so and the rest is history. Ended up going off to uh, boot camp and then uh, got stationed here in sunny San Diego. And uh, from we got the, married when you graduated from boot camp yeah, the same day. The same day. So we got married at the courthouse and. I don't know about you, but I wanted a baby that night. But um, <laughs> they... Uh, they made me go back to the ship. Not the ship, but to the base. Yeah, so we we didn't get to be together. And then I had to fly back home. And it was October before you came home. Yes. And that whole time, oh. that desire was in my heart. I want a baby. It was in both of our hearts. We yeah. wanted a baby. It wasn't until, I think, three and a half years into the relationship that we had been trying and trying... Um, to have a baby and to get pregnant that I made the decision and he okayed with it to, he was okay with it to go see a doctor and see, you know, what's wrong with me. That was the big burden I carried. I, I took it on my shoulders. Like something's wrong with me. I'm defective. Um, I can't do what I was created to do. And, um, he would always tell me, you know, it's, we're gonna have we're gonna have a baby and he had a name picked out for a boy and I always had a name picked out for a girl and it was hard to believe at times it was hard to um, to trust that that it was gonna happen and so about three and a half four years in I went and saw a doctor and six months and a few thousand dollars later I wasn't pregnant a year goes by we're now four and a half five years you know four and a half years in um, I start injections uh, hormone injections and you're still coming in and out. The Navy, mm. you know, you were on deployment in and out during that time. And and every doctor visit, we were pouring out money. And every every time we would get, you know, the injection medicine that you needed, um, I remember it was three hundred dollars a mm. pop for that. And she went in at least twenty times. And easy. so easy. And we were pouring money out left and right. And. Uh, but which is still which is which is good but it, it took a, a some finagling at work to um to be able to get you within the navy medical system and then the navy started paying for all of it right but yeah they, even yet they, they still had a 
16 month waiting list. Yeah. And I just remember her and I praying a lot and, and sharing, you know, first Samuel um, with Hannah, you know, and, and her struggle. And we could we could relate, you know, we were relating to to Hannah. And then also, you know, we just kept believing on uh, Ephesians 3.20, which says, To him who can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can think or ask. And so we kept standing on that one, too. And then I went on deployment for the second time. I was gone. And on the way back from deployment, Vanessa and I decided that we were going to buy a house. And yeah. so when I got back from deployment, and while I was on deployment, in fact, um, I saw Passion Life Church. Yeah. We were looking for a church up in uh, Marietta, Temecula area, and uh, and uh, that's how we started attending uh, the church. As soon as I got back, within a couple of weeks of getting back from from deployment, we started Passion Life Church. Our church family right away. Right. I know there's some really key people that just started like speaking our son into existence. Almost they would. Although I started getting gifts for a baby that was not born. Actually, I remember we shared at a life group. Um, we just let ourselves be vulnerable and shared that desire and the hurt and the pain and the the time that it's taken and and our hope and our friends prayed with us and um probably six months later our name came up on the waiting list for the navy and we were about a week and a half out from starting the process to harvest the eggs mm -hmm. and they said take a pregnancy test because if you are pregnant and we do this procedure you're gonna miss you're gonna miscarry the baby and i struggled with taking the test i, I actually bought them at the dollar store because i was like what's the point of wasting 13.97 on a test at walmart when it's gonna be negative <laughs> so i took the test and i was actually pregnant and so i drank a gallon of water within a 30 minute period so i could pee again just to make sure and it came back positive like immediately. It was a complete miracle because it was it was a week shy of starting the process of harvesting eggs, of uh, doing in vitro, and um, and I was already pregnant, you know, uh, without intervention, without medicine. It was just it was all God, mm -hmm. because um, we came to find out later actually how much of a miracle it is. Um, I'm lacking in some serious hormones and the doctors told me after I had the baby like there's no explanation why you should have been able to carry a pregnancy. Um, you're missing, you know, progesterone and you can't hold a pregnancy. It's unexplainable. Um, so it's just a complete miracle. And on November 19th, 2015, our son, David, David Emmanuel, Emmanuel Esslinger, was born. born. Woohoo! <laughs> Hi, boys. Finally. Hi. Hi. This is our son. <laughs> it took seven long years um, of believing. And so John and I, we just want to encourage you that whatever you're going through, whatever you're believing God for, don't give up. Don't give up on God. Continue to believe. Continue to stand on his promises because um, miracles do happen and our son was worth the wait. <gasps> Thank you for listening today. 
We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 